prayer from the sermon series, Sermon on the Mount, spoken by Pastor Shirley, you. Happy Mother's Day. Man, uh, to the moms, especially with this pandemic, real kick in the rear, huh? Real kick in the rear. All the more happy Mother's Day to all the amazing women. Please know, especially through this pandemic, we know you are strong. You are amazing. And you are passionately loved by our Father. Happy Mother's Day. As a mother myself, I'd like to give a special shout out to my mom who is worshiping at her own church. Um, But she's a woman of great faith and a woman of a lot of prayer. And she raised us and sacrificed so much um, in her sacrifice for us. And I'm so thankful to my mom. And I want to give a special shout out to my children, um, to Ethan and Evelyn, the loves of my life. And in particular, today, on Mother's Day, is Evelyn's 14th birthday. So we want to wish her a happy 14th birthday. Love you, my dear. So let's bring all this cheer and all this honoring to our God in prayer together now. God, we praise you. We praise you because who you are. God, you are good. You are the one who is strong. You are the one who is amazing. You are the one that makes all things possible, God. No matter what circumstances may look like, God, you are God. And we thank you, God, that we get to worship you. And, God, we come to you acknowledging that we are weak and that, God, we mess up all the time. And we are so sorry, God, and we repent before you, Lord. And all the more, ask you for help acknowledging that, God, we always need you. Every second of the day, we need you, God. And, God, we want to surrender ourselves to you. God, we want to yield to you because, God, you are God and we are not. We thank you, God, for this time of worship together. And, God, I just want to be faithful to deliver your word, your message, your truth to all of us, God, as we continue to strive in living for you in this broken world. We thank you, God, for your hope and your truth, and we lift up this time to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. 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 Today, we're going to look at God's word in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 15 on prayer in the message version. Uh, The message version was written by the late Eugene Peterson, who took the text of scripture and wrote it out in conversational contemporary English. It helps a new believer to understand the Bible in everyday terms, but it also helps refresh the longtime believer too. So I've chosen this passage today for us in the message version purposely because of the specific way it teaches us about prayer. So you'll understand as we read through the message passage today. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 15. It reads, Pray with simplicity. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals, Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. 
You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. This is God's word in the message. I remember growing up in a Korean Presbyterian church and hearing church leaders pray in the Sunday service. Uh, Their prayers were very long. They were pre-assigned, and they clearly worked hard on the prayers, and I really appreciated their heart in that. But it was so long, so to be honest, I fell asleep through a lot of the prayers. And I have to say, um, I felt like it was more like a production. And as a child, it made me wonder what prayer really was. I'd like to share a more recent example of prayer. Um, A very good friend of whom some of you know, Georgette Wangongo, reminded me recently about prayer. She unfortunately um, lost her loving husband recently, Vita, and has been going through waves of grief. She was going through a wave just last week, and she sent me a text to see if we could talk. I didn't know she was going through this wave at the time, and I was in the middle of, like, deeply working through this sermon, And so I asked her if we could talk later. When we connected later that day, she told me that she was really longing to connect with someone in her grief. And so she turned to God. She asked God. And in her time with God, she asked God to open up her sphere of influence in her life. And wouldn't you know it, God answered her. Georgette joined a non-metro virtual event on self-care that day. And when they broke out into breakout rooms, guess who she was paired up with? Our very own Pastor Sunita Pontan. Right? What are the chances? A non-virtual event. Georgette, a sister of deep, deep faith, knew that God had listened to her prayer and the need and answered her as she sought him, as she asked him, and told him what her need was in her relationship with him. You know, when I responded back to her text that I couldn't talk at the time, I honestly felt bad. You know, I wasn't sure what she was going through. Um, So I just, but I knew that I needed to work through the sermon. I was like in the zone. And so I just said a quick prayer to God myself. And I said, God, I don't know what she wants and needs at this time, but please give her what she needs. You are her father. So... Afterwards, when we were talking about this, we were both like, man, look at how God answered our prayers. We're so thankful. And we praise God for answering our prayers. It wasn't anything long. It wasn't anything fancy. It was just going to God, asking him our, what our need with our needs, seeing him answer, and praising him, taking the time to praise him together. And we were like in tears together. It was simple but powerful. When you think about prayer, what do you think of? In looking at today's passage, this is what prayer is not. It's not a theatrical production. It's not a self-focused time of stardom, although God does see you as a star. It's not a formula with techniques for getting what you want from God. Prayer in the Hebrew Bible is an evolving means of interacting with God. It involves two-way communication in a relationship. It isn't a true relationship if it's only one way, is it? Is it right for us to see God just as our provider, just as someone who will do things for us? Well, let me ask you this. Do you like it when someone who you're in a relationship with, someone you call friend, only comes to you when they need something, only when they need to ask you something. None of us likes that. And the thing is, God is our king. He's not a magic genie who just does things for us and gives us things. He does do that, and he is our provider, but that's not all he is. He's so much more than that. Can we show him that honor? 
Can we show him that respect as the king that he deserves in our prayers to him? Every time I hear a prayer where there is no praise of how great God is and only please give me this or please give me that, even when it's for someone else, right, it saddens me. How do you think God would feel? He doesn't deserve that. Prayer is our opportunity to see and connect with God for who he is, our majestic king who is all-powerful, all-knowing, rules over all, no matter what the circumstances may be. Prayer is a way of surrendering ourselves to God in his greatness, acknowledging that he is God, and we definitely are not. I'll be talking about prayer today in line with an acronym, P-R-A-Y. P for praise, R for repent, A for ask, and Y for yield or surrender. So P, praise. In today's passage, we look at the Lord's Prayer, and it starts with a praise saying, Our Father in heaven. He's not just any father. He is our Father who lives in heaven. He's not tainted with the brokenness of the world of people. He is beyond all that. And that deserves some recognition on a daily basis. When I start my prayers by praising God, it actually makes me shift my focus from myself to God, which then helps me begin to sense his grace, his loving grace for me. And then all my needs, all the things that I've been thinking about, i got to talk to God about, there's so many prayer requests, it all falls in line in a healthy way. Everyone likes to be praised, right? Who doesn't like to be praised? Everyone likes to be praised. And God deserves it most of all. Let's begin and end with prayer, with praise, right? Just as our passage today ends with the Lord, in the Lord's Prayer with praise as well. It says, you can do anything. You're ablaze in beauty, right? Have we ever said that to God in our prayers? I hope that we can start today. And see how you change. You actually wind up changing when you start your prayers with praise. R, repent. In verse 12, it says, keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. This addresses our interpersonal relationships. He's giving us the recipe for success in living with other broken people around us. If you think about it, people are wronging us all the time, right? At home, when someone doesn't pick up after themselves, when you're on the road and someone cuts you off, when you're at work and someone doesn't do what they're supposed to do, you get the point. If we didn't have forgiveness, we would be angry, resentful people all the time with all the wrongs we face. We could be. Hopefully, that's not you today. But if it is, it's okay. Jesus is our good news. To know that we can still receive his forgiveness over and over again. And therefore, we can know what that is and we can forgive other people, no matter how big or small the offense. He is the one who sacrificed himself, even upon death on a cross, so that we can be forgiven and we can be joined to him to live a life of hope, to live a life of hope in a relationship with him for all eternity. It's not just today, not just tomorrow, for all eternity. Now that's good news. Amen. Amen. In verse 14 to 15, it says, In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Don't cut yourself off from God. Whether someone deserves forgiveness or not, and I know forgiveness can be hard, 
But do it for yourself with your relationship with God. He knows what he's talking about when he tells us to do these things. Which will also in turn help you in your relationship with others. And when it's time to say sorry to God, just say sorry. You know, sometimes our pride gets in the way. And even when we see with children, we tell them to apologize to someone. They're like, no, I won't apologize, right? It's hard sometimes. But when it's time, you won't regret it. Just apologize to God and say sorry. And we'll come back in line with him, honoring him first. A, ask. Ask God to set the world right. There is so much wrong in this world. Poverty, racism, oppression, a global pandemic. That's just to name a few. In talking about poverty in verse 11, we see the ask to keep us alive with three square meals. Let's ask God for his provision for all those who struggle to have three square meals a day. I mean, definitely we could take the time to thank God. I know that a lot of the children especially are good to, with that discipline. And sometimes as adults, we kind of forget. But hopefully we could continue that uh, discipline of thanking God, no matter how simple it is. Because when we're about to eat a meal and there's food right in front of us and it smells so good and we're praying, it's hard to go through a, hard, a long prayer, right? So we could take a simple time just to continue to thank God. But also keep in mind for the people who don't have these meals where it doesn't come easily. At Metro, our Caring Hands ministry uh, with the food pantry serves 130 to 150 people a day, every Saturday in the Englewood area. That's a lot of people in this area. Can we be mindful of these families who wonder where their next meal is coming from and lift up a prayer for them? And as we pray, you can also act, right? When we pray, it helps us to become more mindful. And we can act by buying an extra box of pasta or canned foods and drop it off at the church office. Or reach out to, uh, to Deborah Moore and offer a helping hand on a Saturday. How about racism? How many more people of color have to die or be harmed or be harassed just because of the color of our skin. Oppression. How many more victims need, do there, does there need to be oppressed in abusive relationships, crushing the image of God within them? And with this global pandemic, man, it's been hard for everyone, right? It's been hard for everyone. Can we come out of this stronger? I hope we can. We can, right? Can we build our prayer life during this pandemic when we are more at home, when we have that time, when, when we're not in public, when we're not with other people? Can we work on that in this time so that as things are opening up already, right, a lot of things are opening up, can we come back opening up into things, seeing more people with a stronger prayer life? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We need to pray to ask God to set the world right. And as we ask, he empowers us to act with him, no matter how big or little. Prayer sets our minds right with God in the midst of all these needs. And we all know the needs are great. We can't do it all, but... We can tap into the one who can. As for safety, in today's passage, it says, keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Safety from ourselves. You know, we can seriously harm ourselves, especially mentally, with the lies that we live on in a daily basis. Have you ever paid attention to the things that you say to yourself? I'm so stupid. Ugh, I'm such an idiot. Or, you know what, I'm going to hurt that other person before that person hurts me because I don't want to get hurt. I'm a terrible mom or friend or you could fill in the blank. We need 
to look to God and ask God to help us and to keep us safe from ourselves. And we need to ask God for safety from the devil, who is the prince of lies, who wants to harm us mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, all, all those ways. That's the very essence of his existence, to harm us, to bring us down, to keep us away from God. Sisters and brothers, the devil is real. And he is very sneaky and he is a big bully. But that's all he is. Our God is bigger, stronger, and he is on our side. That's right. So let's turn to him, my sisters and brothers. Let's pray. The devil knows all of our weaknesses. So let's be sure to be strong in our creator and connecting with him in prayer. For ourselves, for our families, for our friends, for our world. Why yield or surrender to him? God is God and we are not. God knows what is best always and way better than we'll ever know. Who of us can say that we can rule the world when we have trouble ruling our own life? We can barely keep our own lives together. I mean, look at the ever-rising levels of anxiety and stress. We are not God and we can never even come close. So let's acknowledge God for who he is and know our part and yield and surrender to him. Practically speaking, as we read today's passage in verse 6, we yield to God by setting time apart. It says, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. As I've heard, as I've heard others say, make it an intentional date with God and don't stand him up. No one likes to be stood up and that includes God. And you know what? Some dates we might, we might dread, <laughs> some dates we might regret, but this date we will never regret. As you said, time apart for God in a quiet, secluded place, give yourself at least like 10 to 15 minutes. You know, and I don't know about you, but for me, about half that time, it's, it's me working through shifting my focus from myself to God. And for us seasoned believers, let me challenge you to go beyond that, right? Go to 30 minutes or maybe even longer in connecting with God. Go deeper into the heart of God and grow in wisdom. I mean, he is the master of wisdom, right? Find a spot in your house where it's like a place where you feel happy, where you feel relaxed, right? So I like to sit by my bay window um, in my house where I could see the sky and I could see the flowers growing on the tree. And I sit on my couch on a cushion with a warm blanket, right? So we, want, we have to want to be there, right? So set up a good place for yourself. And then sit in silence. Drown out that noise in your head. Allow yourself that intentional time. What helps me is I keep a post-it nearby because when I sit there in silence, what, all the thoughts go to my head of what I have to do today, what I have to do with this, whatever. So I write it down on my post-it just to kind of get out of the way, right, so I could still focus. And then active, actively get rid of these distractions so that you can just listen. Keep yourself open to hear God speak to you because he's always wanting to speak with us. Always. It's a matter of if we're paying attention and if we're listening. So sometimes when I do this and I just sit there in silence and I try to hear from God, the words or the phrase that I usually hear is, I love you, dear Shirley. And it's so good. How many of us need to hear that every day? But please know that we all operate differently. So we may not hear God from him per se, but you will experience more of God in one way or another as you sit there in silence and solitude with God. And listen to him in his word. Read the word for yourself. 
So I know that there are a lot of apps out there, a lot of devotionals out there, and they're good, and they're really good. Um, but when you read it, please read it for yourself first before you read what the author says, okay? So I listen to this app called um, Pray As You Go app, and I love it. So you can literally listen to it while you're on the go. But I take the Bible passage and I just read it myself first. And I just try to hear what God is saying to me directly. And if I have time in that time to um, read what the author says, that's a bonus. But let's read the word for yourself first. Give him that time. And then digest it. You know, I know we all have very busy lives. But if we could take this time to go deeper into the word and digest it for ourselves, our day goes so much better, right? And our mind, everything just works out so much better when we do so. So I hope that we can really take that time to go deeper. Read the passage more than once. Wait for God to really speak to you because he will. He does. Um, I, wanna have, I do want to say a little something to our, particularly to our stay-at-home moms or dads, as I know there are stay-at-home dads as well. I know that this time of, for yourself is a challenge. I've been there. My mentor, Linda Swanson, once shared with me through my struggles with this, and I want to share with you what she shared with me. So she encouraged me to spend my mornings with the kids fully, right? They wake up, we have breakfast together, we play, we read stories, we read books together. Spend that quality time with the kids. And then you tell the kids, all right, guys, now while you guys could watch a little bit of TV, and while you have your t watch TV, mommy's going to have mommy and Jesus time, right? And so it's going to be hard at first, right? The kids a lot of the times are always wanting our attention, right, especially at a young age. And so it's going to take some adjusting. So you might start with just five minutes at first, but you continually gently but sternly can encourage your kids. If they come into the room while you're doing our, your prayer, you could just remind them, oh, mommy and Jesus time. You could go watch TV. I love you, you know, and you could keep doing that, right? And eventually it'll get longer and longer, right? And you could extend it eventually. And don't feel bad about doing that, moms and dads. You deserve it. You deserve it. And there's a, and Linda shared this um, story with me that one time this mom, um, she didn't have her mommy Jesus time, and she had a very cranky day. So later on, her kid goes to her, Mommy, do you need your mommy and Jesus time? <laughs> and she definitely did, right? So it's a really good example for our kids to see that too, right? And hopefully our hope is that our kids too will have their own Jesus time as well. But moms, just do this for yourself. Dads, just do this for yourself. We need this, and you deserve it. Happy Mother's Day again. Um, this, does, this doesn't just go for us moms or dads. This goes for everybody. This goes for all the men out there as well, right? Men, you all need this time with God just as much as we women do. We all do. And to all the kids, to all the kids, I really encourage you to develop this relationship with Jesus strongly now. Don't waste any time. This relationship with Jesus is the one that's going to make it the best for you ever. It'll make you a happier person. It'll make you healthier as an adult as you grow older too in healthier relationships as well, including with your friends. As we talk about yielding, we also yield to God with unanswered prayers. So about 15 years ago, my sister was pregnant with her second child. After her sonogram, her OB told her that the number of chromosomes were off. We thought nothing of it because there's so many false positive tests, right? However, my sister came back with a confirmed result of having a baby boy with the trisomy 18 syndrome. They said that either he wouldn't make it through the pregnancy or that he would be stillborn at birth, but at best, he'll be alive for maybe a few hours after delivery. So we prayed. We prayed. Even though the doctors urged my sister and my brother-in-law to abort the baby, 
They wanted to carry him full term and leave him in God's hands. Their son, my nephew, baby Isaac, died after an hour after delivery. What happened? Why didn't God listen to our prayers and answer it? Why didn't he let Isaac live, live longer, live a life? I don't know the answer to this day. It's still hard thinking about it. But I yield to God. I yield to God that he is God. He knows way better than I do. His plans are always good no matter what it looks like for us. And I could surrender to his higher ways. We can all do that with all our unanswered prayers as well. Sisters and brothers, no matter what our circumstances may be, we have to pray. You know, MC Hammer, remember that old song? You've got to pray just to make it today. <laughs> He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. We do have to pray to make it today. We have their prayer needs globally, nationally, locally, and in our own homes. So we have a choice. Not pray and stay stressed out and feeling miserable for ourselves and those around us. Or pray and see God at work, no matter how known or unknown to us. And be part of the change. Start with your own secret prayer life with God without having to perform, just you and God. Pray with a group of people. So I have an accountability group and uh, sisters, and I pray with them, and we're just raw and honest in our times together. And it's so needed. It's so needed. And they encourage me. They keep me on my toes, too. Build a sisterhood or brotherhood of prayer. We need each other. And pray also with your church. We have virtual prayer rooms every Sunday. We have Wednesday night services. We have Friday early morning prayer groups, which is virtual too, and it's been so great. So our Friday early morning prayer group, woohoo! <laughs> um, and can I share a dream with you? My dream is that we would be a people that pray all the time. And even when we're at church, in the hallway, we're stopping and we're praying for the person right there and then. Because sometimes we'll say, oh, I'll be praying for you, right? And it's easy for us to forget, as Pastor Sunita mentioned this in a sermon a few weeks ago, right? So just do it right there and then. It doesn't have to be long and fancy, not for an audience, but just say that prayer right there. And, you know, I would love to see other adults praying for other children, too. I mean, granted, get that permission from the kid. Don't just suddenly go up to a random kid and say, I'm going to pray for you right now. Like, ask them first, you know. Say, can I pray for you? And it would be really great to see people praying for my kids so it's not just me, but it's my church. You know, when our kids are, we're talking about baptism and dedication, what do we as a congregation say when a child is getting dedicated or baptized, right? We, too, promise that we are going to raise this child in faith as well, right? So if we can take that time to pray for these kids when we see them, that's awesome, right? And if I may do a shout out, a particular request to our single friends, you know, you can actually have a more uh, stronger impact on our kids than some of us as parents because they hear from us all the time, right? And you are a positive role model, no matter how broken you may feel like your life is, you are a positive role model. And you can speak to our kids, even through social media. You know, it's hard for me to follow my kids on social media all the time, but some of you are on it more. And if you see something, how great would it be if you said a prayer to them on social media? They see so much junk and stuff like that out there already, but how great it would be if they saw a prayer or something encouraging biblically from you as a single person. But that goes for all of us. Any one of us can do that too, right? So let's keep praying, church. Let's keep praying. Lead a prayer full life, not a prayerless life. Ephesians 6.18 says, God's word is an indispensable weapon in the same way 
Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one fails, falls behind or drops out. So I want to share a story. I did get permission from my daughter to share um, this time of prayer that I had with my daughter. Um, a few weeks ago, my daughter Evelyn was having a rough day. She was visibly down. I was concerned at first and noticed that she was on her phone a lot. As a parent, I know there are a lot of unhealthy things out there, a lot of dangerous things that go through their what they see and go through their minds and their hearts. So a lot of things out there validate them in ways that they shouldn't be validated with all the likes and stuff like that. But they really need to be validated by our Heavenly Father. So anyway, she's going through things, and I asked her if she wanted to talk. But she said no, she didn't want to talk at that time. So I didn't force her. I respected her decision. But I did tell her that she should get off her phone and get her focus right. But that I was leaving that decision up to her. So she remained on her phone, which I later got upset about since I warned her, right? I knew it wasn't good for her. But I knew that my getting upset would not help her situation. So I decided to pray while I was cleaning up the kitchen. I was upset, but I brought it up to God. I told God my concern, and I asked him what I should do. After I asked him that question, I just took time to just be silent to hear what his response will be, because he will respond. So he gave me the reminder that I can trust him, that he loves Evelyn so much more than I ever could, and that I could trust him. And then I yielded and surrendered her to him. And uh, I let go of being upset. My, my, my upsetness got subsided, and then that prayer changed me. When she came down, I was able to tell her that, uh, when, when she came down, I was able to tell her calmly that I hope that she stays in God's truth over her, that she remember that she is greatly loved by God and by her family, and that also that the things that she does doesn't just affect her, it does affect us as her family, it affects those that are close to her. So I gave her a hug, even though just a few minutes ago I didn't feel like it. I gave her a hug, and she went back upstairs to get ready for bed. So because I was upset earlier, I originally was thinking, I'm not even going to kiss her goodnight tonight, you know? <laughs> but after praying, I was like, I'm going to say goodnight, I'm going to give her a kiss. And so I went up. And when I went up to say goodnight to her, she suddenly said that she wanted to talk. So we had a good, long conversation. She was experiencing some heavy thoughts. Some of our kids, they're experiencing some heavy, dark things. We have to pray. We have to pray and not give up. It's so easy to stay stuck in our frustration, but we have to keep praying. So Evelyn and I, we prayed, we cried together. We praised God in knowing that he is Lord and loves her so much, takes good care of her. We repented for keeping our eyes on ourselves instead of on him. And asked God for his mercy, asked God for his help and his protection over her. And we yielded to God, acknowledging that God is God and we are not, and how much we really need him. So many times I feel defeated as a mom, but I can yield to God. We can all yield to God for his truth. And his strength over the devil's lies over her and anything that comes through her, through media, and in knowing that she's God's beloved daughter. And then I anointed her head with her permission. I anointed her head with oil and anointed her bed with oil, and sealed the night with her. Our enemy is real. He's attacking left and right, visibly and invisibly. 
But we can stand strong. We can stand strong. We can stand guard for ourselves, for our children, all of our loved ones near and far, raising up prayers. So you know what? We're going to practice that. We're going to practice that right now. You could use that pray model, P-R-A-Y, praise. Please start with praise. Repent, ask, yield, and you could end with praise too. So whether you're here sitting on your own or you are sitting with a family, let's take this time while the worship team comes up and they're going to sing the Lord's Prayer for us. And while they're singing, please take this time to pray. And you could pray out loud with each other if you want, if you can hear each other. But you could also pray silently. So let's listen to this song, the Lord's Prayer, as we start to pray. Your kingdom reigns. 
kingdom and the glory forever forever and that's who you are God that's who you are and we're so thankful God that we get to pray to you God that we get to have a relationship with you God that you came down from heaven and you called us into this relationship with you God and so God we do not live this world alone God we do not need to feel like we're all alone we do not need to feel like we're all hard-pressed on every side on our own but to know that God you are with us you are for us and if God if you are for us who can be against us God and so God we have to keep tapping into you so we thank you for this time where we could actually practice that together here as a church and God I pray that all of us will continue to grow closer and deeper with you God as we give you all the glory as we give you all the honor God as you keep us in line with you God we look to you our father our creator our king of all we worship you God we thank you and pray in Jesus' awesome, mighty name. Amen. 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 I hope that time of prayer was good for you. It might have been something different going through that pray model. Um, and if it was awkward, it was weird, it's okay. It's okay. It's a practice, right? It's a discipline. So please continue to practice. Please continue to tap into God in that way with praise especially. So we're going to go through some of our next steps. If you have your app open, feel free to um, check it off here. First, I recognize my need for Jesus in my life and want to start a personal relationship with Him today. If you don't know Jesus yet, I really do hope and pray that you don't wait a second longer and just make that decision. Two, I will begin praying using the pray model to praise, repent, ask, and yield to God. Three, I will name and set a realistic time and place each day to read, process, and digest God's Word and pray to go deeper with Him. Please do so. And four, I will pray alone first and then also with others regularly as well as spontaneously. Can you imagine how different our life would be? How different our church would be? how different our world would be if we all prayed like this. 